and welcome back to the Disciple Making Podcast, where we're all about helping Christians to become disciple makers. I'm your host, Brad Mann, and today I'm really excited to introduce you guys to my friend and colleague, Sheldon Kidwell. Sheldon is the lead pastor at the Bay Church in Capricorn, and uh, we're here today because we're talking about worship, and Sheldon is one of those guys that has lived and breathed worship for the vast majority of his life. So Sheldon, it's so great to have you on the podcast today. Thank you so much for being available. Awesome, Brad. Thank you. Yeah, very much. It is good to be here. And this is a topic very close to my heart. And uh, yeah, I know we're going to have a fantastic time just yeah. talking through these things together. Absolutely. Yeah. Sheldon and I have been part of a, uh, it's kind of like a minister's fraternal a space where we've been gathering. And the number of times it's been just uh, the quality of worship as we've just, Sheldon's just pulled out a guitar. There's been no words, no music. And we just in the spirit has been worshiping together. It's been fantastic. So Sheldon's really pioneered a lot of worship stuff in his life. He's got a long journey. He's done some leading with our worship guys at Connect and spoken into worship there. And so I'm really excited to have this conversation with you. We're chatting this morning. It's part of our ongoing series on establishing foundations in our life that are key and critical for being a disciple of Jesus and to be transferring into those that we're discipling. And so today we're talking about exalting the Father. We're talking about worshiping God and what that looks like. And so Sheldon, maybe just give us your overall picture when when people say worship what does that trigger in you what's worship in your mind what does it begin to look like in our lives yeah yeah that's good eh? i mean uh, you know that word worship is is so powerful in itself but it's so easy to in our minds in this modern world we compartmentalize things yeah you know? so absolutely. we put worship in this category of oh that's when we sing a few songs yeah yeah or when and, i listen to some music in my car yeah exactly that's right and i you know sing on my way to work and stuff and it's just it's so not not an occasion it's so not just an event yeah the thing of worship it's it's the whole whole thing of a lifestyle of of understanding my life is surrendered to god i mean that's where romans 12 i think for me is mm. Probably a bit of a mantra if we yeah. have one in the Christian world, but like a passage that I've really understood and wanted to live by and understanding mm. what Paul's saying there about, you know, in the view of God's mercy to offer our bodies as living, as living sacrifice. sacrifice, you know, so it is, it is, it's full surrender. You know, that word worship essentially actually means to bow down and yes. to fall down. Yeah, to prostrate oneself. That's right, before God, you know, so what, what, what is, what's happening when you do that? Mm. You know, you are you are surrendering. And I heard a guy years ago say the whole point of bowing down is that the and, and in other religions you will there's a lot of bowing down yes. that takes place, but there's a purpose to that is that it's the whole idea of getting your head below your heart. Mm. I you like know? that. So so it's it's really powerful you think about that. So when we do think worship is just a few songs, you're mm. stuck in the cerebral place of oh that's lovely. Oh, I love the rhythm. Yeah. Oh wow, those words are very kind of sweet or powerful. Mm. But actually when it becomes a heart centered issue of like surrender i lay my life down now mm. before almighty god yeah. and stuff and bypass this kind of mind which is often so busy and your heart kind of senses and feels mm. his power his majesty his awe his his glory and what it is in the place of worship that's that's the essence that's of it the eh? essence. i mean you know that just reminds me of that parable that jesus tells about the two men that go to the temple to pray the yeah, pharisee yeah. and the yeah. I can't remember what the other guy, I don't know if he's a tax collector or a yes. sinner or something. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. You know, and the Pharisee's at the back and you can kind of picture him like raising his hands. Lord, I thank you that you are so great and I'm yeah. so wonderful and blessed by you. Yeah. And the other guy's bowing down, his face is on the ground. Totally. And, and just those two postures representing the posture of their hearts. Mm. Totally. And, yeah, and Jesus is the one who leaves justified was not the Pharisee. Yeah, exactly. Not the religious dude. Yeah, that's right. And it's not an external 
yeah. thing. You know, the external, all that happens on the inside, you know, the, the, from the overflow of your heart. So your mm. mouth speaks, That's it. you know, so from what's in you. So those outward actions there, it just means nothing mm. to God, really, honestly, because he looks at our hearts. He speaks to that about yeah. David. He sought a man after, after his, his own, own heart, heart. you yeah. know, and that's that's the essence of, of, of worship, really. It's beautiful. Though. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Mm. absolutely. Yeah. So as you have journeyed in, in worship and in life as a worshiper, what has been some of the things that for you have like really stirred your worship, grown that heart of worship in you? Mm. You know, everything with the things of God is about revelation. You know, and when you don't have a revelation of his love, you will not fully grasp and understand it. When you don't have a full revelation of his mercy and his grace to mm. us. And it's the same when it comes to worship, having a having a revelation of that. And I you know, I love it how the things of revelation aren't something that we kind of will read in the word one day and and it, it can be in that kind of place, but it's something that you live out and it becomes deeply embedded inside of you. I always think revelation is something that will never be stolen from you. Right. Once yeah. you've got that understanding mm. and it's it's beyond the head, but where your heart agrees, you know, like yeah. Romans eight, you know, at the end of Romans eight, the passage that I also love is that when my spirit bears mm. witness with his spirit. Yes. Yeah, that I'm a child of God. Like there's a revelation in that mm. of your positioning and who we've been called as children of the living yeah. God. It's like, you're not a pauper. You're not an orphan. You're not an outsider. You're trying to get in. Yeah. You know, you're, 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 you're a son and a daughter. So when you're worshiping with an understanding and revelation on your heart from that perspective, it changes a lot, yeah. you know? And, and if I think about all the years that I've I've led worship, you know, the leading that I've done is really just been an overflow of what's in my heart. That's it, yeah. You know, and, and I remember when I started out leading, all I wanted to do was see people do dance and shout and be happy. Mm, you know, as yeah. a young 18-year-old, you're like, that. all the energy in the world. And you think yeah, some yeah. people are like, dude, tone it down. It's nine in the morning. I can't. <laughs> like, I've only had one cup of coffee, you know. But that was my heart at that yeah. stage. But as you grow and as you kind of mature in the things of God and you ex you learn through different experiences, you know, the whole thing of performance kind of gets pushed to the side because yeah. it's not about the outward thing that you're trying to do to please God here. Again, comes down to the foundation of your heart. And, and as you grow in understanding and ability and skill and gifting that kind of nurtures on your heart, you learn to, to, to facilitate a moment and a time for people to encounter God. And if there's one thing about worship for me, yes, as individuals, you know, it's a pouring out and I sit and I can play the piano and I can play the guitar and I worship God on my own and I connect with him. But when you're together, mm. there's something powerful. What is the point there if two or three are gathered? You know, it says there he is in the midst of them. So when you've got 300 people, you've got 20 people, you've got 10,000 people, the point of worship there is that we encounter God. Yeah. It's not about, again, the song and just well, the sound sounds incredible. It's that he manifests himself. And because when he manifests his presence... And we experience that we are changed. Yeah. And we are made more like him. You know, so there's so and you much. you get that increased revelation. Yeah, that's right. Of who God yeah. is in those spaces. Yeah, that's right. It definitely embeds that understanding. It goes mm. deeper and deeper. And I was just saying on a call last night with a group of guys that the season we're in in the church now, it's, right now, it's not about going bigger. Yeah. It's about going deeper. Yeah. That's it. You know, and, and it's these, these things and, and worship is a. Is, a, is this lifestyle position that we lay our lives down and go deeper and deeper in intimacy mm. and the knowing of him. Because, you know, if you don't worship God and you don't lay your life down for God and worship him, you will worship something else. Yes. That's the reality. No, the, we have an so. enemy who is constantly trying to distract us and steal yeah. our worship that we get to offer and lay down before God. Yeah. No, you're so spot on there, Ed.
I think we I think that's one of the biggest challenges we face as Christians today. More than at any time in history, I think there are so many angles through which the enemy is trying to steal our attention and our affection and ultimately that that which is our worship to the Lord, you know. Um so Sheldon and I were having a conversation about the uh, pitfalls and, and pros of social media before this, but it's just one of those angles yeah. that the enemy comes to steal our attention and affection. I was just thinking as you were chatting and sharing, one of the spaces I found for me to be like one of those deepest places of, of revelation for me is I, um, a friend of ours has, has got this beautiful house in uh, outside Hermanus, which is a, a seaside town out here in the Western Cape. And um, it's on, the, on this lagoon and behind the lagoon is this beautiful mountain range and it just reaches up. And so mm. my wife and I have a kayak and there have been times where I've just been out there by myself on the kayak on the lagoon. There's no one else around. And I just, just look back and just see this lagoon into this mountain. And it's, mm. I just get overwhelmed with that revelation of the greatness of who God is, that, that someone designed that and sits enthroned above yeah. that, yeah, that's right. you know, and just seeing the splendor, it's that whole Romans one thing, like, you know, the nature cries out yeah. and describes who God is. And uh, that's my horrible paraphrase, by the way. God's invisible attributes and divine nature. But it's all in majesty there. Yeah. That's like he's displayed in the beauty of creation, yeah. you know, and we are caught in, wow, ma- you know, majesty and beauty. That's who he is. Yeah. You know, that's he the creator. He spoke those things into being. Yeah, exactly. That, you know, like it's a, it gives him glory, gives yeah. him honor. And we get to kind of marvel and look at that beauty. And in that, our hearts are going, we love you, Lord. Yeah. You're mighty. You're that's great. It. You're majestic in all that you mm. are. Beautiful. Hey? Yeah, that's it. So, I mean, those those spaces for me, I just love those spaces. Yeah. And they become moments of revelation that trigger worship. Yeah. You know, and release worship because that's we right. see that. Exactly that. So then what we've done there is... It's not in the four walls of the church. Yeah. Okay. And like worship is not restricted to this moment where we sing a few songs on a Sunday morning. Mm. And like, oh, but I've done my worship this week. No, it's this whole lifestyle thing. So as I'm going in my day, walking around, I'm kayaking on the lagoon and just Mm. seeing the beauty. You're constantly acknowledging the beauty of who he is, the decision making, things that you've got to do in life. It's all about worship. That's It's all about laying your life before him and doing everything in honor and glory of the mighty God, That's you know, the work right. that you do every day, mm. the places you go, the people you see, are we reflecting Jesus? Yeah. Are we mirroring who, you know, who he is inside of us to people around us? And then people don't worship us. They will worship the one who is inside of us and acknowledging there's something about or the, mm. you know, the way you live or the peace that you have. I mean, that's probably a big one through this lockdown is that, you know, people with fear and the realities of that is like, but you don't seem stressed by this whole thing. Mm. Well, no, because we serve a God who, you know, we don't have to have fear yeah. in these realities because I'm secure in knowing him in my place of worship. And that intimacy brings me the relevance of the understanding of the kingdom, which is righteousness, peace, and joy mm. in the Holy Spirit. Those foundations are set in place. So. Yeah, no, absolutely. Hey? And I think, you know, one of the things uh, just I was reflecting, as you're saying, you know, worship is part of our daily life. Mm. It's the more we recognize God at work in our daily life the more that triggers worship in us. You know, you come out of a business meeting and you're like, oh, this is going to be a hectic meeting. And then you come out and you're like, actually, that went kind of well. Yeah. Mm, And it's just, oh, Lord, thank you for your grace. Yeah, it's true. You know, Um, it's Langular, living your life as a living sacrifice to him. Yeah. You know, because he's given you gifts, he's given you ability, he's given you skill. You're doing it 
all for the glory of his name. Yeah. That's you know, some people don't even know that you're acknowledging him in doing that, mm. but you know in your heart who you're acknowledging yeah. and thanking and honoring for what he's given you. And that's, I mean, it's really significant to like recognize and say, because that's where worship gets like very unflashy yeah. and very unchristian easy. Yeah. You know, yes. it's not, yeah. it's not in my prayers. It's not in my songs. It's actually in what I'm living out, the choices that mm. I'm making mm. Because I know he's on the throne. Yeah, that's right. Because I know he's God and he's king. Um, so I'm giving myself to these things that I believe God is in and doing. Big time. Because the rooting of all that is identity. Yeah. You know, because if you don't, you don't fully are secure. And I was saying earlier about being a child of God mm. and stuff. That's going to affect the purpose. Your mm. everyday life that you live and what you live for. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's so, probably a big reality in our world today is, you know, you ask people, you know, what do you live for? Mm. You know, you ask somebody, well, what is, what is, and that's the big question. Well, what is my purpose here on earth? Well, yeah. why am I here? Yeah. What is this whole point? Okay. The things around me are falling apart. Clearly the world is in chaos and disarray right now. So clearly. And people ask that question. Well, what's the point? Mm. Well, why am I here? You know, and when we are rooted in understanding the truth of the almighty God, it helps us with our purpose to see, well, I worship him. I acknowledge him. I lay my life down before him. He's given me mandates. He's given me things yeah. to do on this earth here for his kingdom. Exactly. Because he has the big crunch. You see, when, when we live in these in these the world and the busyness of the world that we live right now, you know, there are other religions that that dominate and force people to do the things of their religion first, and then they carry on with their busy worlds and their lives and they do whatever they need to do. And you know, we've we've in the modern world, I think we've kind of taken that and kind of if we've put it in another kind of perspective of like, we now try and add all the Christian things into our busy worlds. Yeah. Yeah. Which doesn't, which is the wrong, well. exactly. It's the wrong way around. And it's, and it's actually first for him. Absolutely. You know? And that's, that's a massive challenge for us because we, you know, even people today, the reality of going to a church meeting, we out of the habit yeah. of doing it, you know, act, I mean, sorry, uh, Hebrews, uh, what, 10, 25, yes. you know, would speak, don't give up the habit of meeting together, you know? So I believe that's, that's even you and I talking here. We're not giving up the habit of meeting together yeah. in, in what that is. Cause what we're doing here is encouraging each other by the things of God, twos and threes gathering all over places. Yes. Sunday gatherings, being with the Lord and that rhythm that we sit in our hearts and lives, we're not adding in something here. Mm. It's from that place that we are living, that we're serving him, that we're giving him, which shows we understand who he is. We have a revelation of who he is. And this is our lives is worship to him and not, you know, trying to add in these things. And I can't keep up because I'm so busy. Mm, it's a, it's a <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's, that's right on the money there. You know, um, it's that, it's that like what, how are we evaluating what we do in our lives and what are, what are we choosing to give ourselves to? Yeah, that's so true. You know, because what we choose to give ourselves to is a reflection of what we're worshiping. Yeah, 100%. You know, so if all my time is given to making me and my family happy, mm. I'm actually worshiping self and my family. Yeah, yeah 100%. Yeah, totally. Which is like, I mean, let's not offend too many people as we say that <laughs> yep. in uh, our Western yep. culture. but. Totally. But that's actually, that's the reality of it. Mm, mm, you know, when you look mm. at the 12 apostles, yeah. like they gave their lives so completely for God and for yeah. the kingdom yeah. that 11 of them were martyred and John was bo boiled alive in oil and left to die on Patmos it's when he right. didn't die in the oil. Exactly. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so mm. it's that, yeah, it's that day to day. Like, what am I giving mm. myself to? How mm. am I, how am I making sure that I'm not too busy? Yeah. 
because mm. I'm actually doing the things that God has called me to, yeah. not just the things that A, I want to do, or mm. B, someone else wants me to do. Mm. Yeah. Or, or yeah, yeah. You see, that, the thing with that is that what the church, I think the error the church has made now is that we create a lot of programs and to try and keep ourselves busy with Christian stuff. Yeah. And the programs are things that, that we've got to now sustain, we've got to constantly prop up because they're added things into our these busy worlds that we run around are doing stuff, but actually there's this position of our hearts and form, foremost there mm. of the rhythm of honoring God yeah. every day, you know? So yes, there's a weekly Sabbath and there's a weekly rhythm of go to church, be with the people of God. Now that we've kind of opened up a bit more and we can be a bit more, you know, people in a building kind of stuff. We can't forget that habit. We've got to, yeah. we've got to have a discipline in that rhythm, you know, mm. of, of what that is, you know, and, and your daily lives, you know, there's, there's nowhere in the Bible that it says that you need to do a quiet time. Mm. There's no, that word quiet time doesn't even exist nope. in the word. It's not there, but, but we understand what, the, the, what Jesus modeled for us, that he was constantly in communion with the Father. Mm. You know, so it's not on the run. It's not trying to do things as I go and kind of, well, there's a rhythm in our lives that actually honors him. So when you are paid your salary, there's a rhythm that you do that you would pay a tithe. Mm. And that's an honor. That's worship yeah. to the Almighty God, how you parent your children. Mm. And it's a reflection of him, how you deal with people at work and how people see you because Again, like I said earlier, if you don't worship the Almighty God, something else will take your place, like the Premier League or yeah. you know, the Formula One or yeah. something else. And I've seen people go bananas in front of a TV, shouting and screaming and winning their, their, their whatever, football match or a rugby match, mm. but then they can't express themselves in a time of worship in a corporate kind of setting. So what are you worshiping? Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a hard line that it's tough, tough to kind of acknowledge and to say that. Mm. But that's the truth, you know, yeah. and I've seen people give themselves to other things. But when it comes to giving themselves to the things of God, there's this hesitancy mm. and it comes down to the intimacy and knowing him and an expression of who we are in our lives for him, you know. Totally. And it's a, and it's so I would guess maybe in order to to grow and to sustain a lifestyle of worship, we've got to be seeking to grow and increase our encounter and revelation of who God is. So that our picture of God becomes bigger and bigger and bigger, mm, mm, um, yeah. and is able to drown out the bigger, the other voices, yeah. not the bigger voices. Yeah, no, that, that's exactly it. Because the end of Hebrews five, it speaks about that um, that the powers of discernment mm. would be for the mature to distinguish between good and evil. Mm. You know, so that when we have discernment in in walking in the ways of the things of God. We will know what voices to hear and what to listen to. Because when you know that whole the, the context with a, with a shepherd who the sheep knows his voice. Yes. You know, we'll know his voice. And when his voice speaks to us, when you're surrendered and there's intimacy, you hear the clarity of his voice affirming, speaking life. So in the midst of these last 20 months, chaos like ensued. Like, I mean, I was thinking back to March last year and you're like, we didn't yeah. know what was going on. Eh? No, no, We're like, March. okay, here we are. Brave yeah. face. <laughs> oh my Lord, what's happening? Yeah, what's yeah, going yeah. on? We didn't have a clue. But, Look how far we've come in 20 months and how we've learned and understanding what God is saying. We've seen right through, you know, the tyranny of leadership and, and governments around the world and their agendas that are being placed. Things are being exposed. But when we hear his voice and understand who he is, the clarity of that gives us this assurance. Mm. And that's, that's from the place of surrender and worship to the Almighty God. And we know, we know who he is, so it gives us this peace mm. and understanding. But something on there too is also the sacrificial position right. that we have, mm. you know, in God and, and laying alive. So the examples, you know, and let's refer to the word. I've, 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 you know, You've got all these passages. Yeah, exactly. There, Romans is. 12, we spoke about, but, but Genesis 22 is where Abraham's taking Isaac. Yeah. 
you know, and, and there's a, the, he had to sacrifice the, the, the greatest thing he was given as the, the inheritance and the heritage for that, or the whole family line yeah. of what God was setting in place. He waited 25 years to receive. That's right. And God said, okay, now go and sacrifice. What, and, and Abraham was obedient. Yeah. That's, that, that gets me, like, because he knew God. He knew this was mm. worship to God. And, but many different commentators say, like, he knew God would provide for him. He knew God would make a plan, but he just had to be obedient to what God was saying because yeah. it was a test. Yeah. And that Genesis 22 is the first time the word love and the first time the word worship were actually used in the word. Really? And, and what he was going, he said to his, his workers, he's, leave here, we'll, we'll take three days, we're going to go up and we're going to go up worship. and worship. Mm. You know, and that's where it's saying we're going to go prostrate, we're going to go yeah. low, we're going to go bow down before the almighty God and honor him. So, so Abraham was prepared to sacrifice. Yeah. His greatest gift that God had given him, mm. you know, yeah. and, and you think in our own lives, what are we prepared to sacrifice? So are we prepared to sacrifice, you know, that, that rugby match or that whatever playing mm. on the TV and we want to be there and watch it. And he has the, he has the test and it's not about a meeting, but we, we, pref- we won't go and pray and we won't go and worship because the lure to go and do something else is far greater. And this is where I'm speaking about those rhythms yeah. in our lives and hearts that we set in place that actually honor God. Yeah. You know, and probably and then another story in that I think was probably one of the bigger ones that steps out to me is is two two Samuel six, where David's gone back to get the ark. Right. And yep. he's bringing it back to Jerusalem. And it's been at Obed-Edom's house and for three months. And he was blessed. And yeah. you know, and he was a Levite and he just saw the blessing and the favor of God with this box that carried the presence of god <laughs> and the strange that's. exactly i know but like david knew he knew he had to get this ark back to jerusalem yeah and in everything in the purity of his heart of wanting to do it right for god and they're marching it back up and they cross the threshing floor it says i can't remember the person's name and uh the the cart stumbles and and Uzzah kind of stretches out to yeah. kind of help balance the cart, the ark so it won't fall off and god takes him out yeah and the line that gets me there is, it says there in, in, in the verses just after that, it says, and David was afraid of the Lord that day. Mm. Now, now, it's not like he's cowering in a corner and he's like petrified because God might kill him. Yeah. It's not that. He's David's realization that he's suddenly done things in his own capacity, yeah. in his own thinking, where God had clearly given them instructions of how this ark is Should transported. Carried, yeah. Exactly. And it's not to be put on a cart and, yes. you know, pulled by oxen. And David's response in that he waits a little while mm. before God because he, he really has to check himself of what I've done here. Yeah. And I, I've done things in my own, I've done things in my own way. Like to think about our own lives. No, this is, we, you know, Arthur's feel to do it this way. But God didn't say do it that way. He didn't say, but you just feel it's a good idea. Yeah. Or something that you do. And this is again where we surrender our lives in honor and worship to the Almighty God that. I mean, every decision we make, from the houses you buy to the people we think we might marry, to the cars we buy, to the reality stuff we do, it's in worship and honor to him. Mm. And David, his response to that was to then, you know, sacrifice an oxen every six steps. That's from from Cape Town. That's like Simonstown here to like Musenberg area. Yeah. You know, that's a mess, you know, the that, reality of that. Yeah. But what it did was he was showing to God. Because the, the the honor of the sacrifice to God was the aroma that he would receive. He's saying, I've done it my way, but I'm not prepared to do it your, your way. way. Yeah. And I will lay this. I will sacrifice. And they marched up. And that's where he danced undignified before the Lord. And Michal was very unimpressed <laughs> yeah. with him. And she was barren because of her judgment in her heart. Yeah. You know, but he said an order. So, I mean, that's a long story to say. But it's the reality of like, we just do things our way mm. a lot of the time. 
and, and in surrender and honor to the Almighty God, it looks like sacrifice. And there's a price to pay. Yeah. You know, the greatest sacrifice, Jesus, that paid for us has given us this freedom now. So, And, and at the heart of that sacrifice is also, it's, the, it's obedience. Yeah, bro. You know, I yeah. mean, that's what the mm. Lord desires. Sure. And, and David had tried to do it his own way. Mm. And God was like, Dave. Yeah. And also, no, it's, not. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, not, it's not what I said. Yeah. No, no, it's, it's exactly that, bro. If, if ever, if there's anything in this season right now for the people of God is obedience to his voice. Yeah. Because, yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing more secure than hearing God's voice of what direction to go and what to do and how to do things. Yeah. And that's where the discernment thing comes in, where you discern stuff. And that, the, you know, in Colossians, it says in the, um, in the amplified version, it says, let peace be your umpire. Hmm. So you, peace makes decision. Now, you know when you've lost your peace. Mm. Then there's just, I don't feel right about that. There's a decision being made for you by the Spirit of God helping you. Yes. It's, this is the lifestyle of worship and journeying with Him. And He's, he's the wonderful counsel. He's there to help. He's there to work mm. with you. But it's that position of like, I don't, just don't do what I want to do. Mm. It's in surrender to Almighty God. And that's, that's where blessing will flow. That's Absolutely. where favor will flow. That's where His heart is in obedience. He sees and He tests. I mean, He tested Abraham. Yeah. You know, you think in our own lives, how many times we've been tested and we don't realize we've been tested. Mm. Yeah. And actually, have we passed or not the test? And, and mm. I love it. The enemy jumps on the back of testing and brings temptation. And like, there's like this yeah. thing that comes along. But and then condemnation afterwards. Exactly. Yeah. yeah you know, that's his telltale story all yeah. the time. You know, and yeah, it's, it's massive. And, 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 and we've, been, we've been tested in the last 20 months of our resolve and understanding of who we are and the things of God. For like the church, the church as who it is mm. has been tested in the last 20 months because yeah. we haven't been able to meet, Yep, you know, and we've had to really get to the resolve of like, you know what? Church is just not about the meeting, the one Sunday yeah. meeting. Yeah. It's a lifestyle. It's bigger than that. And yeah. David, David showed that by when he went to Jerusalem and took the rain and set things in order, what did he do? He honored the presence of God 24 seven. Mm. He hired thousands of people to sing and play music mm. and honor God first and foremost, because honoring his presence and then the kingdom flourished. Yeah. And he set things in order and stuff. So, you know, you think it's so beyond a Sunday meeting, a little bit of worship. It's like our whole lives in yeah. surrender and honor to him. And yes, that involves songs and music, but it involves decision making. It involves sacrificing things, saying no to some other stuff, choosing this over that. And in that, this rhythm of his goodness and his blessing starts flowing in our lives. And, we, and then we prosper, you know, in the things of God. And that word prosper actually means that we succeed in the mandates of the thing that God has given us to do here on this earth. Mm. And think about it. You know, when I get to the end of my life, which, you know, I've got many more to go here. You can always hope. Yeah, no, no, we, we believe. <laughs> Come on, you know. Is that I want to know and I want to look back upon my life and go, I was obedient to his voice. Yes, there were ups and downs. Man, we were tested. Man, we failed. Man, we did all that. But I look back and it says about David in, in, in Acts that he served the purposes of God in his generation. And I want to know in my generation yeah. that I'm living to serve the purposes of God that will affect the next generation. Yeah. And set these things in order. That's why we live. Mm. What else do we live for? Yeah. You know, really, I mean, some Premier League soccer team's going to let you down. I promise you. <laughs> the Stormers <laughs> yeah, in Cape Town have let us down over, you know, and, over, over and over again, you know. But the Almighty will never. He never. And that's our security. That's our hope. What a joy to live yeah. with that perspective and that understanding. It's so freeing, hey? Absolutely. Absolutely. Sheldon, thank you. This has been such 
a great conversation. We could probably wax on for yeah, there's, a, there's more in the tank, bro. There's absolutely. more in the tank. <laughs> uh, I'll give you an opportunity for some closing comments. Um, guys are listening and maybe some of them are discipling some other people. What are some like maybe key ideas that you would say, like if you to do this to help grow worship in the people that you're discipling? You, you can't worship what you don't know. Yeah. Okay. So if you, if you, if you don't get to know uh, the Father through the Son, Jesus, by the Spirit. Mm. There's how the Trinity works well, together. Beautiful. You see? And and it's, it's Jesus has given us access to the Father. Mm. And when you know the Father's heart for you as a child of God, and how do you get that? You know, he's given us his word. Jesus is the word. It's communion. It's talking to him. You know, it's, it, yes, yeah, singing songs in your heart, you know, from the overflow of your heart so your mouth speaks. You're speaking mm. these truths. And I, I would just say the basics. And I'm not saying the quiet time now. I'm saying don't delay in talking to God. Right. You know, in, in, in your heart, you can speak, you know, and it doesn't have to be verbally, but also yeah, it's good to express it out and speak yeah. it out and just read the word. Mm. Read the word and just Amen. allow it to massage you because mm. that's Jesus. Yeah. It's like in living form. Yeah. And as you read that, things in your heart will grow. The depths of intimacy will grow. And your, then your worship revelation increases. Awesome. And it's not a complicated thing, this. It really no, isn't. No. It's the decision of whether you want to run after it yeah. or not. And I would say, do the basics. Awesome. And there is nothing you could pursue that would be as rewarding as pursuing kingdom. That's right. Exactly. That. Yeah. It is. It is wholeheartedly rewarding. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, bro. Awesome. <laughs> Sheldon, thank you so much. It's been a really great chat together. I hope it's been incredibly beneficial for those of you who've been listening. I've been blessed just as we've been chatting. So thank you so much for being with us on the podcast today. It's been great. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks, Brad. Wonderful. Guys, as you as we close up, may God bless you as you go into the week ahead. May he increase your revelation of who he is so that your worship will increase. And uh Pray just as well that uh, he will give you grace in helping those you're discipling to, to encourage them in growing in their revelation with the Lord as well. And just, just to say again, if you've found this episode helpful or if you've appreciated the podcast, please consider sharing it with someone or subscribing to the podcast. We want to help grow a culture in the church where Christians become disciple makers and become the, the real worshipers that God desires. So thank you so much for joining us. That's us for this week and uh, have a wonderful and blessed week and we'll see you again next week. Ciao for now. Bye-bye.